Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. What's up? It's your boy AT and welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. This week's track, Hans Zimmer by Marlon Craft. Why the pick this week? So I've been wanting to do Marlon Craft for a while and he's just released, I think, another mixtape. I can't remember what it's called, but his cover art for that mixtape is so sick because it's an over-impression of the cover of NBA Street Volume 2, which I've mentioned in the podcast before as like one of the greatest basketball games and one of the greatest sports games on the PS2 of all time. Honestly, there's a dunk called RDT. If you know, you know, yeah. And shout out to my player that I made on that game, Cheese Grater. Why? Because my guy's got handles that grates the court up like cheese. Yeah, so, and there's a tune on that mixtape, I haven't quite gone through it religiously, but Distance really stuck out to me, and it was a tune that I was really close to picking, but I thought I would pick a tune from this album first, the album named While We're Here, and I'll come to the mixtape in due course. Now, me, Alan, and a few of my boys, we went to see Marlon live at the Jazz Cafe, and he was just incredible. I really hope this guy blows up. I really do. And this guy, this tune in particular is very unique. Very, very unique. The production is incredible. Havoc produced this track alongside Sly Fifth Ave. So it's a very unique track. I'd encourage anyone to give it a full listen because I don't think I've heard a tune like it for a long time. I don't think I've heard anything like it. It's one of them really underrated tunes that I think in due course will get the recognition it deserves because it really, really is a very unique track. And it's Marlon. Marlon's got bars for days and days and days. If you haven't listened to me and Alan Breakdown, listen to my album. We've done that before. We're, we're, we're all about Marlon Craft. We're like, we're, I'm a big believer in the dude and I really hope he does blow. Let's get into it. New York ain't dead. It came back to life in the apocalypse. I'd done seen too much by 14 to be an optimist. Round late registrations drop, I learned about consequence. New York ain't dead. It came back to life in the apocalypse. I done seen too much by 14 to be an optimist. Round late registrations drop, I learned about consequence. So three things about this line. Firstly, there is something about Marlon that I can't let go of. He is just himself. This song, when I heard it for the first time, like I mentioned before, 
was like nothing I heard before. The trumpets are just out there on this track. The bass line is pounding, growling. It's a growling type bass line. While it doesn't sound like anything of the track that I'm about to mention, it's still, I still compare it to it because this bass line in this track makes me feel like the bass line in the, in the art of pair pressure from K-Dot. There's just this relentless hounding. It's chasing you. That's what this baseline feels like. It's chasing me. It's amazing. I've been lucky enough to meet him. He's signed his mixtape volume one craft vinyl for me. I he told me, I don't know how true it is, but he told me that this is the first one that he ever signed. But, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I really do hope he blows. And in some respects, he's already blown because he's got 2,500,000 listens a month on Spotify. So the guy's legit. I hope he blows, blows. But whether that happens for him or not, I don't know. Going back to these lines, imagine reaching the age of 14 and having all the hope and optimism sucked out of your life. There's too many mans out there that literally experience this. And in some respects, it's not just right. It's not right at all, but it is a fact of life. Then that last line, jeez, such a sick double entendre. This is where I start actually giving myself props for knowing hip hop. I still maintain that I don't know shit about hip hop. I never pretend to be a connoisseur of the medium, but this is one of them bars that if you know, you know, and then because you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, I know my shit. Like, don't play with me. As soon as I read it, those lines, round late registrations drop, I learned about consequence. I knew what he meant by that. I knew what he meant by it. And I went, shit, I remember that artist. I remember that song. But do you guys remember it? Do you guys know what he means by round late registrations drop, I learned about consequence. Do you know what he means? All right, let me let me give you the answer. Have a listen. Hey yo, good morning America. Good morning Erica. Who gave me good head while watching Good Morning America? Good day New York. Have a good day in call. My nigga drive around the hood looking for good yet snow. Did you catch it? Kanye West featuring Consequence. The good, the bad, the ugly. So around late registrations drop, I learn about consequence. Bars. I make the working man high art. Some round me was in silence, so I broke my circle down like a pie chart. I make the working man high art. Some round me was in silence, so I broke down my circle like a pie chart. Visually specific, yet sonically abstract. Guys, there's something about making the working man's high art where for an incredible amount of time, it will go unappreciated. Think of Picasso, 
Think of Van Gogh. Think of Agnes Martin. They all needed to die before they got recognised. They all died before anyone started giving them their dues. But I have to also call it out a little bit. Because if anyone's seen an Agnes Martin, someone needs to explain to me how that shit is worth. Six, seven, eight, ten, twenty million pounds. How and why? I remember that Alan sent me a podcast by a guy called John Green, which explained why it was as magnificent as it as an Agnes Martin says it was, and that how he initially was taking the piss out of it, but then after two hours of staring at it, he sort of started crying. But I still don't get it. I still don't get it. I really don't. It's just, you know, confusing. Then that second line, some round me was in silence. So I broke down my circle like a pie chart. How real is that line? Too real. How many people go silent on you when it suits them and then holler again when it feels like they've ain't got much else to do? Like they've got nothing on and they start they start reaching out to you. They cancel on something or they go quiet for a long time and then all of a sudden they just pair out the woodworks. I literally, I've just literally been doing it almost like on a monthly basis. I've literally had to break my circle up into a pie chart and put people in their correct places and their correct pies, so to speak. It's the only way to go. And it's made such a difference in my life already. They ride waves. I catch sails on the penmanship. Only time I'm overboards listening to their shit. Pirate in the flows, tide rise, you get exposed. Little diamonds in your rolls. Say you enterprise and get sold because you rent the shit. They ride waves, I cast sails on the penmanship. Only time I'm overboards listening to their shit. Pirate in the flows, tide rise, you get exposed. Little diamonds in your rolls. Say you enterprise and get sold because you rent the shit. These bars are mad. And if you listen to Marlon Deliverum, there's just so much potency and venom in them. And I saw this described in Rap Genius way better than I could potentially explain it. So I'm taking this straight off Rap Genius. They Ride Waves is about the people who are not true to themselves and do what is popular so they have a higher chance to make money. While Mylon says, I catch sales on the penmanship, basically saying that he's doing it his way. Them riding waves means that they will take the path of least resistance while he is working hard. Penmanship is a technique of writing with the hand using a writing instrument like a pen. Another scheme for the age of piracy, since penmanship is linked with writing manually and the way of writing was the standard back in the pirate days. There's another possible link that Marlon is saying that they use automatic writing like a computer or AI algorithms while he's doing it manually. He then goes on by saying that only time I'm overboards listening to their shit. He falls off the ship, which is a metaphor for his drive and his motivation to go forward in the rap game. Only when he listens to the people who ride waves, since they give way less and still able to put out music that sells, which is the only time that makes Marlon fall from his drive or motivation. Also, overboard is likely a homophobe for overboard, that he gets bored like extra bored saying that the things that they put out is old and repetitive since they're all riding the same wave pirate in the flows tide rise you get exposed little diamonds in your rolls say you enterprise and get sold because you rent the shit they steal flows in the rap game 
but also metaphorically the flow with their ship. Going back to that people that ride waves, but also take the flows of others since they see other people used certain flows and ways to maneuver in the rap game to get forward faster. The tides can be low or high, which basically means the sea level rises or lowers. When the tides are higher, metaphorically, which Marlon alludes to more fame and more exposure, people can see the way they move around the rap game and see what established flows and which popular styles they use in their rap. The longer they are sticking to it, they get exposed that what they are saying in their music doesn't fit with the things they are doing. Marlon will go on with this about fake ones after this schematic. Marlon goes on by saying that people enter a price enterprise enterprise for their product or themselves as a product and get sold. While being sold means also they're out of product to sell because all of their products is rented since they steal flows, ride waves and don't know what Marlon does. Like they don't do what Marlon does. They don't do it the way he does it. While the wordplay of enterprise rented is also alluding to a car rental company, Enterprise. He didn't leave the ship schematic since Enterprise is also a ship, like in Star Trek, the, the Starship Enterprise. There's a lot going on there, lot. And he's just ridiculous. He is different. Trust me, he is different. Coming to you live where the world burns and they don't give a motherfuck, where we applaud runner-ups because you'd rather be rich people's assistants than to bet on yourself. So even the runner-up. Coming to you live from where the world burns and they don't give a motherfuck. When we applaud runner-ups, cause you'd rather be rich people's assistants than to bet on yourself. So even the runner-up. This shit hit me hard. Honestly, this shit really hit me hard. A lot of you that have been listening over the last year will know how much I've been struggling with finding a job that will one, make me financially independent, two, will make me feel like I'm doing something meaningful in my life. And right now, I feel very conflicted. You all know about the Singapore hype drama, right? You all know that I got a job, I got really excited. I went and traveled to Singapore, came back, did the job for a month and then quit after a month because I was like, this is fucking shit. I don't want to do this no more. So I'm in this place where I'm like, what the hell do I want to do and how do I want to do it? And so now I'm really struggling for cash and I'm in this position where I'm like, should I just give up this pursuit? Should I just become the rich person's assistant? Because at least like Marlon is saying, at least the runner will be up. At least as a runner, I'll be up. I don't mind being the runner up. I know Marlon's taking the piss out of me for being the runner up, but what else have I got to do? Or what else can I do? Because I feel extremely, extremely lost. So it's fucking difficult. And it's why I give people like Marlon going independent so much credit because my heart wants to be like him my heart wants to be like Marlon independent true to a cause authentic this is what bars rhymes and life is all about this is the bars rhymes and life way and I want to pursue this version of truth but I can't seem to find it and yet if I don't start making money well then I'm gonna get in trouble because I need money to to live and exist if they're able, they label. If they can't label, they hate you. I respond like, why thank you? Well, if they ain't able, they label. If they can't label, they hate you. I respond like, why thank you? Marlon is hitting me today 
hard. He's hitting me in different ways with so many truths. I want to go on a real one here. I know no one is inherently all good and no one is inherently all evil. But I need to call out the danger of labels. Labels, in my opinion, are warping and form factoring anyone and everyone. Right now, there's just so many terms for so many things, or so many people in so many ways, and it's crazy. And it gets to a point where if someone calls you it, it affects your psyche. If you read it and you think someone else is it, it affects your psyche. And I, I just personally have to get to a place where I'm like, hey, are you a decent person? Fuck what your gender is, what your sexuality is, what your your mind state. I don't care. Like I, I mean, it means nothing to me. It, sh- in some respects, it shouldn't mean anything to you, in the manner in which you want to display yourself to the rest of the world. Because ultimately, we just need to be good people to each other. That's that's the basic. So, whatever you might be like I don't give a fuck about your community I don't give a fuck about your religion I don't give a fuck about any of those things all I care about is are you a decent person can you be decent can you do the nice thing can you do the honorable thing can you hold yourself accountable can you be self-respecting to your friends can you be real ones do you have real ones in your life are you a real one that's all you need to be that's that's the label we need are you a real one or are you a fake one why don't we talk about these labels? Why don't we talk about these labels? Why do we have to call someone a sociopath, psychopath, gaslighting, lesbian, queer, transgender? Why do we have to say, why do we have to label all these particular things? Why does it matter when we all bleed the same? And really, really, it doesn't change the fact whether you're a bad person or a good person. Because... That's all that matters, it's decency. Now, I get it. I know that certain people of the BAME community, certain people of gender communities, they've been ostracized and they've been they've been literally and metaphorically beaten up. And they have absolutely every right to represent themselves how they want to. But I just think we don't have to label it. We don't have to label everything. We don't have to put everything out there over and over and over again. I don't think I'm able, like, I don't think I fit anything other than I just know I'm a real one. Like, if you're in my box, if you're in my pie chart, and if you're in that specific section of that pie chart, guess what? I will ride and die for you. 100. That's the only label I want. Every other label, uh, any any other label that you want to put on me, just hate me instead. Just hate me instead. Because I'm just going to say thank you. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to say thank you. Facts. Marlon's hitting me hard. This is soundtrack to a dark night, bitch, I'm Harm Zimmer. America kaka, everyone won't be a winner. There's that feeling when the train's stuck between stops and you pick the wrong car because you think you see it up. Tried to rob me for my mum when I had no face money. Don't end up on the wrong side of the hungry. You gonna respect. This is soundtrack to a dark night, bitch, I'm Harm Zimmer. This that feeling like when the train stuck between stops and you pick the wrong car Cause you think you see a eye Try to rob me from my murm when I had North Face money Don't end up on the wrong side of the hungry The Dark Knight 
was such an incredible film. I honestly believe, I know this sounds crazy, but I think it defined at least five years of my life with regards to the type of person I wanted to be. And it helped me be resilient in so many tough times with this one line. This one line followed me everywhere I went. The night is darkest just before the dawn. But straight facts, Hans Zimmer is half of this film. Make no mistake, Hans Zimmer is half of this film because the score just continuously elevates the film. The whole time the score just keeps up and at times it carries the film in some really lully parts. Because he can take it. Because he's not a hero. This tune from Marlon represents Mr. Zimmer to the fullest. And I'm hoping that Hans Zimmer himself has heard this song and maybe given Marlon some credit or some just appreciation for making a song about him. I think this is an incredible track. I'm using this track as an opportunity to redefine the next couple of months of my life. I just think I need to find a rhythm. I'm hoping to I'm hoping that I get out this feeling of when a train is stuck between stops like is mentioned in this chorus. And if I do, I'm gonna build a crew of dogs just like me. And I'm not talking dogs, I'm talking DMX dogs. And you won't want to get the wrong side of me because I'm hungry. And we done. Nothing but love to Marlon Craft and all of his fans. Nothing but love to all the BRL listeners out there. One.